Hey there, Mountaineers, and welcome back to another episode of Are You Still Watching? I am here with my co-host, Riley Williams. And Riley, this is our last Are You Still Watching of the semester. Mm. It's not a forever, it's just for the semester. And I think we have a perfect show to end our first semester as co-host, and that is Shit's Creek. I'm so excited. And you were hesitant at first when I suggested this show. I, I was. Well, okay, so the problem is I thought this was a sitcom, and I am not a sitcom fan. I can't get into them, and so I was like, I, I mean, my parents watched it, and I saw them watching it, so I was like, I'll give it a try. I've heard good stuff about it, but I, I wasn't going to write it off, but I was definitely hesitant. Yeah, so I'm going to get into that argument of Schitt's Creek being a sitcom, but first we're going to give a synopsis of this show. So this show was created by, in my personal opinion, a comedy legend. Eugene Levy. I agree. His son, Daniel Levy, wrote the show, but they are co-creators, co-visionaries of the show. And the show follows the Rose family. They are a wealthy Canadian family who lose their money to their accountant. He goes through and steals their funds. And the only thing they have left to their name is this tiny town called Schitt's Creek. And he bought it for his son, David, who is played by Daniel. They play the father and son. Mm -hmm. And they are forced to move to this town. They move into this motel and restart their lives from the ground up. So I think the most iconic character of the show, in my opinion, is Moira Rose, played by the one and only Catherine O'Hara, who is known for a lot of her work with Eugene Levy, but also for a lot of her work with Tim Burton. He had originally... um, called her up because he had said whenever I'm working on a project the first person I go to try and work with is Catherine O'Hara oh wow and he had asked uh Daniel had asked his dad to see if he could get her to be a part of the presentation pilot so this show truly did work from the ground up before we even get into any details of the show I love this show I it was definitely like during 2020 one of my comfort shows that I just went back and I binged random sections I binged certain storylines like it just made me happy And I watched the behind the scenes of how they did the final season. It's called Best Wishes, Warmest Regards. And it very much started as any like up and coming show does. He they had to present it to networks. They had to pitch it. They had to try and get it picked up. And you see very much all of these people who have kind of become household names because of Schitt's Creek. This was one of their first shows so it starts off with daniel and eugene were obviously going to be in the show Mm -hmm. and then they just got Catherine for the presentation pilot they just got Catherine here for the presentation pilot and he literally goes you just have to do it for the presentation so that they can see the vision you don't actually have to do it Mm -hmm. and then she goes i'll try a season and then it was the second season and she was literally contracted each season to do the oh, show. Wow. She was never fully contracted for the entire show. She was contracted individually each season. And she goes, I would have been an idiot to leave. Yeah. Well, that that's weird because like what if she just decided not to show up to like, let's say the third season. Mm-hmm. Like how I wonder how they would have written that. What just like oh, she exactly. was off to a new acting job or something? Um, Annie Murphy was like an audition away from quitting acting altogether. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I've never seen her in anything. Yeah, a lot no. of these people I actually don't know. This anything. was very much one of her first roles and she was fantastic. Um, I have my first fun fact that no one I think has ever 
really known and I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, The girl who plays Stevie's ex-husband is the guy who plays Prince Philip in the first two seasons of The Crown. And who's in that new show, House of Dragon. Matt Smith. I know you think he's a British. That. He's a British actor. People who are listening will hopefully know what I am talking about. But yeah, Stevie was married to. Did the, I miss the part? guy from The Crown? No, in real life. Oh, in oh, real oh, life, Stevie was Steve? yes. Okay. The girl who plays Stevie like in Emily real life. Hampshire. Yes, Hampshire. Emily Hampshire was married to Matt Smith. Okay. For I think it was like four or five years. It was during while she was on Shit's Creek. Okay. I think like they were just getting divorced around like season two, I believe. Okay. Um, okay, so anyway, moving on to what I would like to think are the major points of this show. And I'm going to argue with your reasoning for not wanting to watch Schitt's, Schitt's Creek. Okay. Riley. I feel that Schitt's Creek is not a sitcom. I think that it is a genre of its own that did a lot of good for everyone who watched it. Mm-hmm. I think that... It is a very, oftentimes things don't strike gold and things often don't get popular until after a very long time. And I think that people do sometimes forget that even though they are bordering countries and that we share a lot of the same media, some things do have to take their time to come over from Canada. Mm -hmm. And I think when Netflix picked up Schitt's Creek and put it on Netflix is when Schitt's Creek hit its American stride and everyone binge watched seasons one, two, and three together. Okay. Because that's what was first put on. Then they released four, released five. It really hit its stride. And then everyone was like, make another season, make another season. And they said season six will be the last because Dan Levy had already written it. They had written it and pitched it as a six season show. So he had written that. And because they talk about it in the behind the scenes show again, is Daniel was getting so annoyed with his dad about how they had to keep going through these characters and giving them all of this background information and like who their parents were, who their siblings were, all of this stuff. And he's like, God, why is this necessary? And he goes, because you have to know exactly who these people are if this show is going to be successful and this show is going to have a multiple season run. Because you need to be able to make enough jokes to make the show last long enough. And I will say it is in like the 30 minute forum of a sitcom format. But in my opinion, sitcoms are the shows that are made about the rural American family living in a house filmed in front of a live studio audience. Mm -hmm. So that 70s show, I think of I think of that 70s show, I think of uh the Lo- George Lopez show, mm-hmm. Family Matters, like those kinds of shows. Full House, yeah. like filmed in front of a live studio audience, like kind of has like the laugh track, those kinds of things. Yeah. I think that this show and Modern Family really were the first two like feel good, heartwarming shows that were considered in like the comedy era to not yeah. be sitcoms like i would not consider either of those shows sitcoms because of the forum they're done in i i would agree i mean i the whole reason uh, too with like modern family i didn't watch Mm -hmm. it because it gave the same vibe to me as as a sitcom um i i do agree though that like i feel like a sitcom would have to be um 
like a laughing track in the back. Yeah, it doesn't, I, it doesn't Friends even have a laughing? Friends track? has a laughing. Yeah, track. but and like so that's the thing is I, I see I see those shows as the sitcoms. There's nothing wrong with it, but like I just feel that Shit's Creek did a lot more than be a comedy show. It yeah. was very much a feel good show. Topics that are in that show have never been touched before in any form of media, whether it's American or foreign or otherwise. Um, I think it was a really important show for a lot of people representation wise. I think it was very much a show that kind of sheltered a lot of people during 2020. I know personally it was like my comfort show. It was a show that a lot of people binged very heavily. It was something they watched with their families. Mm -hmm. And I think it I think it opened a lot of doors in showing a unique family dynamic and taking a unique spin on something that had been done in sitcoms and done in comedy movies and television before. And it kind of rewrote and respun the narrative. And that's the next thing I want to get into. Okay. Is uh david is portrayed and i think it's so interesting because it's put on t-shirts it's put on all of these things the wine metaphor yeah they said so many times in that behind the scenes show how many people come up to them and are like i use the wine metaphor to come out to my family and i'm just like i have personally never had that experience right. being a straight female but i could see very deeply how like it was just a piece of the show that I think was never I don't want to say it wasn't touched on but it was very much like these parents are um, like open and accepting knowledgeable of their son being queer yes and it was a completely normal thing and that was the thing is they always say Shit's Creek was a show written in a perfect world there is no homophobia. There is no challenges and problems. And we were able to write a perfectly beautiful storyline as if it were being written for a straight woman and a straight man. And that was Noah and and that was David and Patrick. Yes. Patrick is portrayed by Noah Green. I love him dearly. Um, okay, so real quick, just for people who haven't seen the the quote of this wine is uh this is by uh David Rose. Um, I do drink red wine, but I also drink white wine, and I've been known to sample the occasional rosé. And a couple summers back, I tried a Merlot that was that used to be a Chardonnay, which got a bit complicated. And then he goes on and, and on. So just um, reference to that. Um, what was I going to? Oh, real quick to touch back on my my whole my whole uh, reason why I don't watch sitcoms is I feel like a show can be funny without feeling like it has to be forced so with the whole laugh track thing or just like in sitcoms in general i feel like they they say something funny and then they kind of pause and wait for everyone's reaction which i find kind of annoying and like yeah. corny like if it's funny it's funny and people are gonna laugh but like it kind of bothers me just like having to stop and they, they kind of just wait for everyone else to laugh the comedic, that was my biggest bother. The comedic timing of Shit's Creek without needing a laugh track. And I think the thing that's even funnier is they don't have a laugh track, but they have that music in the background mm -hmm. that just it's the same three beats. It's kinda like the Hannah Montana transition the the transition ooh whoa ooh, yeah whoa whoa it's that it's the same like five beats yeah. in different tones based on what's happening in the show and it's phenomenal yeah 
because it moves the show along it moves you through the storylines it makes it funny and it kind of like lightens the transition Mm -hmm. without needing a laugh track well and i think too like these characters are a lot more dynamic and animated like facial feature wise and just like how they portray their characters Mm -hmm. when a lot of sitcoms they're either you know it's the typical like dumb klutz or something Mm -hmm. and then they're just like a goofy person but like these characters are goofy but also like they can make you laugh without saying words you know what i mean like i feel like regular sitcoms are just a lot of like flat characters they're just Um, surface level to keep it lighthearted, what is your favorite um alexis rose escapade my personal favorite is being kidnapped by somali pilot pirates on david geffen's yacht or the Chinese lower back tattoo when she was 14. Okay, yeah, that threw me off because the way Moira and um, uh, Johnny's face when she said that, that took me out. Uh-huh. No, they're it, so funny because she I, always has an experience. The thing that I think is so funny, though, is you would think the way the show is written to me almost makes me imagine that, like, it would still be funny if David and Alexis were younger kids Mm -hmm. because that's how moira and johnny treat them right they don't really treat them as adults right they're in their 30s yeah like i think david turns 30 in like when it's like alexis's it's david's birthday yeah um and alexis's graduation i believe that's david's 30th birthday yeah well and the thing too is like they touch on their age but they it's like your typical you know when you grow up in that kind of money Mm -hmm. That's just, I don't know. I feel like my favorite times, not a specific one, but just when anytime they're talking about like a past relationship, she always has like something to say, oh yeah, I dated so-and-so or I slept with, you know, it's always like she, oh, any celebrity you could think of, Alexis Rose probably had some type of relation with her mm-hmm. or with them. Yeah, no, I'm reading through these because there's one and it's the two truths and a lie when they're trying to get to know the kids and she goes... Um, my eyes are brown. I'm basically sample size. And one time I escaped from a Thai drug lord's car by bribing <laughs> him with sex. And Moira goes, her eyes are aqua. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. I, so the only thing I've really seen uh, Catherine O'Hara in personally besides this was Delia in Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. So Moira Rose made perfect sense to me. Okay. But my, f- I cannot get over the way she says things. Like, it's truly, like, I think it was her trying to just accomplish, like, that very abstract, like, method actor style of, like, movie star. Yeah, it's like movie star slash, like, like theater. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, she's like a Wait. theater theater girl where is baby's timber yeah babe, oh that's <laughs> baby baby where's baby baby okay well i have a couple I fun am, facts i on am there. absolutely befuddled with meetings etc i have uh a handful of fun facts if you want to okay. hear from let's, specifically Catherine o'hare okay let's do the Kath, okay let's do the fun facts so i believe i learned this fun fact from my dad um but do you want to guess what 90s movie Kelly, uh, or sorry, Catherine O'Hara was in? Um, children's movie, everyone has seen it. Every single person has seen this movie. I think I know. It's from the 90s? Yes. It's either like 89 or something like that, but. See, I, so, 
Uh, you might not know this, isn't it? She's in the Nightmare Before Christmas. She's Sally. Oh, I have no idea. That's not what I'm thinking. Oh, what are you thinking? She's of? the mom in Home Alone. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yes, she's the mom. Yes, I knew she was the mom in Home Alone. But I'm, I'm apologizing to everyone. I'm about to see this. I've never seen Home Alone. Oh my. Mm-mm. I we grew up in a house where we watched the Jim Carrey's version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and every year. This is my party trick because I love to binge watch things. I started a competition with myself when I was around 11 or 12. Um, this shows you how well my parents raised me um, that I watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. Um, I watched it 56 times my junior year of high school. Whoa. I watched it twice a day Whoa. every day from November 1st until about my birthday in February. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It is my comfort movie. I will literally when I'm sad in the middle like. I'll just start listening to Christmas music. I'll put that movie on in like August. I don't care. It's my comfort movie. Well, you know what you would appreciate is, um, have you heard of in National Harbor, like right outside DC, mm-hmm. is the Gaylord Hotel. Hotel. Mm-hmm. So last year we took a trip there and they had a like little walkthrough where they built different Christmas scenes mm-hmm. and National Lampoon's was one of them, mm-hmm. which I found was super cool. But they had like the animatronics of um the the table when the turkey explodes yeah they had the front house when like the uh the lights go on yeah um my the thing people don't realize is um I, we always go on these tangents but i love them um do you realize that his boss is bill murray's brother Who's bill murray? wait you've never seen ghostbusters uh um, you don't know who bill murray is doesn't ring a bell oh my god i've seen the Cat- ghostbusters with the like all girls version You've never seen Caddyshack? I don't even know what that is. No, Riley. You can't look at me like... He kind of looks like Tom Hanks. Riley. Like, oh, you can't look at me like that because you haven't seen Home Alone. Riley. Oh, my God. He's in Groundhog Day. You've never seen Groundhog Day or or Caddyshack? No. Oh, my God. They're two of the best comedy movies of all time. Please tell me you've seen Happy Gilmore. Of course I've seen Happy okay, Gilmore. Okay, thank God. Thank God. You see Happy Go. Okay. Chevy Chase is in Caddyshack. I love him. But also to go on tangent just for fun. Have you seen Four Christmases? Mm-mm. Vince Mm-mm. Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon? No. You're killing me. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That's my favorite. I'm let so Chris sorry. Who, let alone, probably one of my favorite movies. So funny. But um, to go back to Home Alone. That's mm-hmm. your homework this Christmas is to watch four Christmases and to watch Home Alone. There's 105 okay. Home Alones. Okay. See one of them. Watch the first one. Okay. It's a classic. Okay. Okay. That's all I have to say because that, that made me upset. I'm sorry. But yeah. Um, I know she's the mom. I've seen the videos of her as the mom in Home Alone. She just looks so different though. Yeah. Like I would have never guessed. Well, it's been a I while think it's, since I've I think seen it's Home also Alone. because like they all, like he always says like they had no money for the budget of this show oh really so um dan levy would go to like thrift stores in la and look for like vintage pieces so like the one dress she has that's like very like nice and stylish and then they started to get the budget and they started to get like sponsors and like stuff like that and they were able to get more real pieces but like that was the thing is like they had a vanity fair editor um on like the behind the scenes special and was like everything they used was authentic like he wanted the real authentic pieces but she is always so extravagantly dressed mm-hmm. and very weird looking and also like in everything she does 
it's something different like she does comedy she does like the dark comedy like the kind of horror style very good and i like like that. i can appreciate that i was just she has talking, a fantastic range yeah i was just talking to one of my roommates i was like growing up i've realized more and more like how specialized actors are and, like mm-hmm. especially big known names like will ferrell he plays the same character mm-hmm. in everything tom or um Who's the guy? Why am I blanking? Tom Cruise plays the same character in everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just like, I was like, is this just how Hollywood is? Mm-hmm. Like everyone plays the same type of character. So Are we going to touch on the fact that um, the same three people were in like all of the same movies for like five years and they were Shailene Woodley, Miles Teller, and Ansel Elgort? We're in oh, all. That whole, the whole era of. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tom, the uh, John Green the john yes. green book movie era yes 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 well same thing too it's just like when duos just act and act and act like will ferrell and john c Riley. they're in 105 movies mm-hmm. together you know there's adam sandler and jennifer aniston have a very true oh i was gonna go with the very sad point and this is nothing against kevin james it's just the truth uh, people make the joke all the time grown-ups was supposed to be Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, David Spade, and Chris Farley. But Chris Farley passed away in the 90s. Do you know who Chris Farley is? Oh, my God. Are you... You've never seen Tommy Boy. And I don't oh, I am writing you a list of movies. I do not care about Home Alone. If you have never seen Tommy Boy, you're screwed. Okay. Oh, my God. If you're going to give me a list, I'm going to give you it's a list. It's one of the funniest movies of all time. I cannot... They were like SNL royalty. Wait, who was he supposed to be? Chris Farley. Instead of who? Kevin James. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Chris Farley was, they like, the four of them did everything. They were all on SNL together. Wait. David Spade and Chris Farley did Tommy Boy. Like, that name sounds so familiar. He was massively known. I miss him dearly. Okay. Oh, so no. we are, this is, episode is actually about Shit's Creek. Okay, fun yes, fact. Yes. Um, so let's get back to some of those fun facts. Okay, yeah. <laughs> So the the infamous Moira accent that nobody mm-hmm. knows where it's coming from was actually introduced the first day of filming. Mm-hmm. So no one even knew knew what she was going to sound yeah, like until they just started, which was interesting. And then I also just read that she had to um pull out a dictionary to um to like involve all these random words mm-hmm. like I have no idea what she's saying half the time. But yes um did you know i just also another fun fact from my dad is that twyla is actually dan yeah it's their it's his daughter and her sister yeah which is weird why why do you think like they didn't just cast her as alexis she didn't fit you don't think they told they they tried her out because they alexis they said was the hardest person to cast they saw about a hundred people and then they said there was something about annie murphy that when like Eugene wasn't there, but Dan was, and she was just like he like looked at her, and he just said, "I think we have something with her." She's- and they brought her in for like a couple of chemistry tests, but they always knew that they were gonna put Sarah in it. They just didn't know how, mm-hmm. and then they kind of wrote Twyla. Okay, she's Alexis is an interesting character because. The whole, like, every time she gets upset and she's mm-hmm. going, hmm. and then have you seen, like, the thing she does with her hands? She's, hmm, David. Hmm. I'm like, what is going oh, on? Oh, David. Oh, my God, David. David. Yeah. I've always heard but that, and I just didn't realize Do you was- notice something? Do you notice something, though? And I am just now noticing it Please from the way it, we both said it. Please say it, because I've been saying it. Say it. 
uh, Annie Murphy and Catherine O'Hara Hera found a way to say David the same. Oh, no, that's not what I was going to oh, say. Oh, no, they say David the same. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I don't know if they did this for comedy, but, like, we know everyone's name. Mm-hmm. So why does every character, and I say this, every single episode I watch it, they have to say everyone's name mm-hmm. five times in one conversation. Yeah. Like, every sentence, but you realize Alexis is saying, David. Okay. Can I, I don't, I don't want to offend anyone, so if a Canadian can comment on this and tell us if this is wrong, I feel like it is the stereotypical joke, because I hear all the time people are like, Canadian people are so nice. Canadian people are so nice. Right. And I was like, okay. Like, I think it is like the courtesy and the hospitality of the fact that this show was written, produced, and made in Canada and brought to the States for our consumption so you think that's like just like canadian I think, culture i think it's i think it's the canadian culture of everyone is like so nice and everything but the thing i always notice too is why is alexis sound like a valley girl if she's from canada interesting mm-hmm. she has the valley girl voice well um i guess well did they not they were never in la like when she was filming and um when moira was filming her stuff oh i have no idea that's that's a good you know you're filling the plot holes you're filling the questions uh, i mean i honestly it took me a while i guess i just wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. in the beginning um that it was like based in canada like yeah. i knew they were canadian like um the actors mm-hmm. it's but, based like, in canada yeah well i just assumed you know you're rich and you know you're mm-hmm. a film star you were living in la yeah but it's based in canada because okay. at the end of the show remember they were deciding to move to either New York or Los Angeles yeah. for their jobs. Yeah. And then David and Patrick buy the house. I'm sorry, we're spoiling the entire show. It's so good. Please watch it. Um, so the thing I want to talk about really quick before we yeah. do more fun facts is another point from the um, behind the scenes like finale show. And it is that for the first time in his life, I don't know if it was the first time in history in like canadian television history but dan levy had said that the commercial for their show of david and patrick kissing in their wedding suits to promote the final season Mm -hmm. was the first time he had ever seen two gay men kissing on a billboard to promote canadian television oh wow Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it was in the middle of downtown toronto he said I see. I, I would. I don't have an opinion because mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Canadian. But I just pop think it's culture. yeah. But I just think that this show I think was very important for people in that the no matter the orientation of the relationship, all mm-hmm. of the relationships were given the same respect, mm-hmm. growth, and storyline. And well, no one seemed to like. You know, I feel like in America too, like. The relationships are based in hardship. Yeah, but, like, everyone... Well, that... Yeah, but, Mm -hmm. like, people would question. Like, I feel like if this was an American show and David was like, oh, you know, I'm bisexual or I'm getting married to a man, people would question it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Everyone was just so, like, okay. Mm -hmm. It was a show. It was refreshing. They did something that I don't think anyone has accomplished since or before, and that was they created a perfect world for everyone to exist yeah. they created a show that fostered love and acceptance and kindness and i i applaud and challenge the person who tries to do it next yeah. because i think i mean i watched i don't get me wrong like i go in and root for 
I always root for like certain shows during award season or like mm-hmm. I'll root for like my favorite artists during award show season with like music. Yeah. But I like watched very hardcore and got very emotional during the 2020 Emmys watching them win okay. and sweep because that was the thing is I think people don't realize is like that show had been so popular for the first five years in Canada. Yeah. It was a reason it kept airing. And then it finally made it to America and they put the sixth season out and everyone was so sad. And that's when they finally got their award redemption. And that's my thing. I'm going to go on a tangent. Go for it. I'm waiting for Yellowstone to hit their stride. Okay. If I hear one more thing about that show, I might just have to watch it. Because again, I'm pretty sure my parents watch it. Like half of my roommates were just, I feel like everywhere I go, I'm talking about TV. Someone comes like Yellowstone. Have you ever seen the Godfather movies? Okay. On my list. I haven't seen it yet, but it's on my list. So when you watch, watch the Godfather movies first and then tell me it isn't the Godfather with cowboys. Okay. I'll let you know. It is. I do have a whole movie list of classic People always make jokes. I'm trying to remember what else it was. Oh, people make jokes that it's also Game of Thrones. And my favorite one is um, we have dragons and swords. We have horses and pew pews. Um, Well, real quick, just to touch on to the whole Emmy thing. Well, you kind of already said it, but that they set an Emmy record Mm -hmm. sweeping the comedy category. They won nine Emmys for the show. Mm -hmm. And then um, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy got an emmy for their role and then um annie murphy and dan levy got theirs too best actress or supporting actress Mm -hmm. or something yeah um i thought that was cool i didn't know that either all right let's keep doing some more fun facts um so chris elliott who plays roland um starting (laughs) starting in season two started he he wore a prosthetic beer belly just for the role yeah um can we talk about let's talk about Roland Jocelyn. Let's yes, I was gonna say we I was need like, to deep we dive gonna, into some of these characters. Are we gonna open the can of worms on Roland and Jocelyn? Yes. So I never realized why the show was called Shit's Creek until I realized his name was Roland Shit. Well, how long did that take you? Or you mean just like when they first said oh, it? Oh no, when they first said it I laughed and then I had to watch it back a second time oh. and realize his name is literally Roll in Shit. Oh. I didn't even mm-hmm. really yeah. His name is Roland Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna have to talk to the person above me and figure out if we're gonna have to mark this as explicit because how many times we said hey it's a last name it's not even spelled the same not even that's the thing is i forget what his the guy who plays i don't even remember his name oh god um i think his name is ray who works in the office with patrick Yes, yes The guy who plays Bray, he literally said when he got the call to audition for the show, they go, there's not going to be a show called Shit's Creek on Canadian television. There's no way. Is he Canadian, that guy? They're all they're all bit Canadian-based oh, actors. Oh, because Ray's been in other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's been in other stuff, but they are all Canadian-based actors okay. because the show was cast out of Canada. Right. The show was cast out of Toronto. Have you seen um, The Proposal with Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock? And Betty White yes rest in peace yes rest in peace um but do you remember the guy who plays oscar from the office mm-hmm. and you know how he he's like every, oh my god yes he's like you're talking every about. like uh any job you can think of in the town he does it so he's like he's like the male entertainment he's yeah the, he's the what ray gives me those vibes yes he does like he is he's a real estate agent mm-hmm. he's their you know photographer yes he's their tax guy you know whatever mm-hmm. but yeah yeah 
he i swear i've seen him i don't know what he's from but i've seen him in something else yeah no i i love that i that is a very good comparison for that yeah did you see at the the season finale which by the way i also read that um dan it took him a half a day to write that season finale mm-hmm. um but you know when they were leaving and then they panned to the Shits creek sign and it's yeah. now the rose family yeah i, I like that mm-hmm. that was cute that was cute because he was like they said roland said he had a surprise for us and i don't know what it was um i, I appreciate love- them keeping though the same like the same exact picture just switching the faces because that was such a yes. thing like johnny wanted to change at oh the yes very beginning. it was so funny yeah so the one thing i will say because you wanted to deep dive in some of these characters yes. is roland and jocelyn remind me of that couple in high school where they're dating you're not really sure why and you feel like the girl is really gonna go somewhere yeah like she is gonna do something with her life and that guy is gonna peak in high school he's gonna spend the rest of his life there and then the girl stays in the hometown and peaks with him mm-hmm. that is the vibe that roland and jocelyn give me because that woman has a heart of gold she is they're such well-written characters though they are so freaking funny i and love them they all it's mm-hmm. jocelyn's facial expressions yes. again i mean they're killing it's like it the, is i don't have secondhand embarrassment like they, these characters give that vibe of like you should have secondhand embarrassment from like just how awkward their interactions are but the way they just like soothe that with their comedy in their face. Did you watch Good Luck Charlie as a kid? Oh, of course. Debbie Doolittle, how you doing? Is that her? No, that's who oh, she reminds Debbie me Dooley. of. Debbie Dooley. Debbie Dooley, how you doing? Yes. Well, yes. Yeah. Exactly that. Yes. But it's like the whole like. And Dee Dee Do. Yes. Yeah. That it's that suburban mom. <laughs> like over, like overly. Yes. Overly nice. Mm-hmm. but she's, they, she's the mom that's like when you move it, into the into your neighborhood and she yes. brings you the cookies in the castle mm-hmm. that's but her. it gives me the entire idea and concept of this town i feel like you can find it anywhere mm-hmm. and that's what i like about it is like the like party they all go to and like uh uh stevie's helping david like funnel a beer yeah. like i feel like that kind of like it's the thanksgiving eve kickback mm-hmm. like when you go and you see you go to the bar and you see all the people you went to high school with and yeah. you're hoping that you're doing better than them in life than they are and like it's just that's what that entire like first season reminds me of is it's just like what is this place like why is this happening why is this important yeah. and like how is this so funny i just love though like again your perfect world is like everyone's friends with everybody Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean besides like little ronnie and patrick's feud Mm -hmm. they always have but like i that's the kind of town that i wouldn't mind like retiring Mm -hmm. you know it's it's only the cafe you have rose apothecary that's your general Mm -hmm. store you know like town hall it, it's like everyone you know the choir the jazz gals love the, the jazz gals love the jazz gals um i yeah i have to say the same thing but it's just like when you think of like it literally takes the paradox of like the kitschy hallmark town and spins it on its head yeah because like rose apothecary would be like that store yeah in one of those hallmark towns and it's just like it spins it on its head it is like a three block place Mm -hmm. in like bfe canada and it is 
fantastic. I forget the exact location that you can go to to see all of this stuff because all of those buildings are so built. I don't know that they have like the same signs on them and stuff, Mm -hmm. but I know that like the buildings are there Mm -hmm. for like the cafe and Rose Apothecary. I just love that like every like that whole big group Mm -hmm. of main characters covers anything you would need in that town. You know, Mm -hmm. if you need to, you have car trouble, go to Bob. If you need to go look for a house, go to Ray. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You need help with business, go to Patrick. Mm -hmm. It's just covered in what 10 12 characters yeah. i love it that was the thing i always thought was so funny is um the um i think the storyline and the thing i think is so important is they always talked about like keeping it a very perfect world and i think that when you kind of see like the difficult topics they do talk about like with ted and alexis deciding to go their separate ways patrick coming out to his parents Mm -hmm. like those kinds of things are all i think they're handled one very well very sensitively and they're very well portrayed by all of the actors but i think that they are once again shown in a very positive light and shows that like yes our show is fictional but like it it's is relatable. possible. It's it relatable. is possible and yeah. relatable to promote a positivity into the world. And yeah. I think that that was the thing that they always talked about is like, we want this to be an escape for 30 minutes a week, like for families to sit down, watch, laugh, and understand that like we are not all so different. Which, by the way, I love that it's 21 minutes mm-hmm. without ads. You yeah. know what I mean? I love that because a lot of shows now it takes me so long and it's so dragged out. Like yeah. when you're having 45 minute episodes and then you have seven seasons of that, mm-hmm. it gets old. I agree. I, that's why I mean I'm still watching the hundred because it's like, I mean you can already fit so much in 40 episodes or 40 minutes. So like why do you need to have seven seasons of it? It just drags out. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was like a very quick. Like I think I watched a show and two two weeks two and a half weeks which was nice but it was also like a show that i i could do like i was sitting in my art classes watching the show you know what i mean like i could do art and watch that i could fold my laundry and still watch the show like it wasn't the one of the ones where i have to be like paying attention to every little detail it was just relaxing yeah i didn't have to overthink to watch the show yeah that was nice all right, do we want to do one more round of fun facts um, to yeah, wrap us up? Let me see what we have. Um, oh, okay, so Dustin Milligan, who plays Ted, mm-hmm. um, apparently was the same uh, same height as Annie Murphy, and so any time in the show when they had to kiss, he had to stand on boxes just mm-hmm. to kiss her, which, that's funny. It's kind of, I wouldn't say embarrassing, because I don't want to I mean, she's a tall shame. woman. Is she? She's a tall woman um oh well this isn't really a fun fact but real quick i want to talk about eugene levy as an actor Mm -hmm. i was just talking to one of my roommates about how he seems to play roughly the same character in a couple Mm -hmm. different things like he's the funny ass dad yeah who loses his money though like have you seen Medea's witness protection no i have not okay so he same same type of role he's a he's a well successed um businessman and then his accountant her business partner whatever mm-hmm. takes all his money and then is now in oh trouble God. so i just i thought that was interesting he kind of fits it like he 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 does i find it funny that like no matter how long he was at 
the the rosebud hotel mm-hmm. he's like cleaning the gutters in a suit mm-hmm. he's you know anything he's doing he's still yes. in a suit that's uh, i don't I, I think I one of my know. favorite things with Eugene Levy is uh, Dan knew he hated getting his hair wet. So the second episode of the first season is called The Drip. And it's when they have a leak in their, um, Moira and Johnny have a leak in their room at the motel. Uh-huh. And the literal only reason that Daniel Levy wrote that episode was so that they could just cover, like pour water on eugene's hair oh really because mm-hmm. it's his biggest pet peeve is getting his hair wet because he does his hair every day i mean i i respect it i do too if but you're I mean, an older if you're an older gentleman and and you are still blessed with hair mm-hmm. you got you gotta keep it nice yeah no so this is i i will not judge you if you have not seen this one just because it is a little out there it is a town inappropriate have you seen american pie um i think we started watching it okay but we didn't get too far in. yeah um oh wait 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 is that the one who um the girl who plays lexi in Grey's anatomy no it's the girl who plays um lily in how i met in how i met your mother oh okay no. yes it's the girl who plays lily in how i met your mother i believe her name is allison hannigan or shannon um and jason biggs it is they are so funny they are so inappropriate um do not watch them with your family Mm -hmm. i learned that the hard way um and they are the funniest and filthiest movies known to man and eugene levy plays jason big's dad and he is hilarious and phenomenal and he very much fits the role of the loving and sometimes awkward father figure okay but he's he's good at it. I do I do want to get your input though on like your favorite your favorite character and why they're your favorite character. I like Patrick okay. because like if I were in a relationship no matter like the orientation or situation I would want to be treated the way Patrick treats David because I am a very when it comes to relationships I'm an extremely guarded person. I have a very big heart but it takes me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I want to be nurtured, even when I cannot always reciprocate it. I yeah. want to be loved. Well, and I, I can appreciate Patrick because he, in that regard, but he also, mm-hmm. like, with David's personality, his overall, like, he's yeah. just the complete, uh, he balances mm-hmm. David so well. Like, he just lets David do David. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think... um I could see if, again, if this was an American show, David would get a lot of flack for being such a flamboyant, you know, mm-hmm. animated gay man. But, you know, Patrick, that just, like, instead of being like, all right, settle down, like, he just, mm-hmm. like, that's that's David. Like, yep. he just does, he just lets David do David. And I love it. I think Patrick's one of my favorites. My other one, I think, would be Alexis, just because she's funny. Yeah. I... I wouldn't I, say I don't like Alexis. She's just- Alexis reminds me what would have happened to Kim Kardashian if she hadn't been like, I don't really know. I think if maybe she hadn't been like as stayed as relevant yeah. throughout her downfalls. Cause I love the, I am, I will be performing the theme song to my little known limited series reality show. Right. A little bit of Alexis. Yes. Sing Which, along way, if you know wrote, the words. Yeah. 
Oh, but she wrote that with her. Her, her husband's husband. in a band. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. she wrote it with her husband. But, um, well, I did actually read, though, that this show and um, Annie Murphy specifically was loosely based off of old 2000s reality mm-hmm. shows. And then to get into the character of Alexis Rose, Annie Murphy mm-hmm. had to watch stuff like the kardashians to get into that mindset (laughs) she fits it so well though she does like she she's actually like she's one of those people that just looks like that's who she is in real life like also i just want to say um i don't know if i've already said this but like every care well uh, most of the characters are all like goofy dumb like airheads but like in their own way so there's like the airhead of roland and then there's Alexis, and then, you know, there's Moira, or whoever, you know what I mean? Like, everyone is so dumb, but, like, mm-hmm. in their own ways, which is, I find it funny. Um, I would say my favorite character, honestly, would probably be Stevie or David. I like David because of his... I think Patrick really helped him with this, but just his character development by the end of the show, like my favorite, one of my favorite parts in the show was when David chose not to go to New York and to stay in Schitt's mm-hmm. Creek. You know, that whole speech at the end when they were talking about going to LA and then Alexis was like, Oh, I guess I'll go to New York by myself. And then David's like, well, actually I'm staying here. Um, it's, I'm not, I'm not done with this town. That's what he said. And that was probably one of my favorite moments just because that's so unlike old David, like season one, season two, David, that it was nice to see. I was waiting for that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that whole, the whole, the whole show was a build up to like, when is David going to be so less self-centered? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I feel like that, that, that was one of my favorite parts they i think this is going to be my closing remark Mm -hmm. they finished they did a lot of things first of their kind and very well and i think the thing that they strived at and achieved very well was their ability to um god how do i want to word it was their ability to write um and develop the characters very strongly. So they kind of started them, especially the kids, with these very kind of like bratty and privileged personalities mm-hmm. and like very much like brought them back down to earth. And like Alexis wanted to be a businesswoman. Right. David became less guarded and kind of started, they both kind of found their independence and like. Well, I even think like they, they did, they had a good balance of like the kids kind of. You know how they talked a lot, especially Alexis, like all these experiences and like the parents had no idea about like they were so disconnected. And so like they they had like they threw in points um, Alexis and David did about how they kind of felt almost not like neglected or like they they uh, raised themselves. Mm -hmm. But then they also leaned super heavily into like the core family values, you know, like. Like, when Moira finally, she was like, I love you to Alexis, mm-hmm. and, like, they hugged. They didn't hug all show. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was a build-up mm-hmm. to that point, which was nice to see. It was like, yeah. oh, I'm still your mom. I'm nurturing you. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I think it shows you that, like, I think the big lesson, and I think this is what we'll close on, is that family, when you lose everything, if you have your family, you right. have not lost anything. Exactly.
What a quote. You what know, a lesson. I think that is a really Say good lesson. Say it again for the people that in the back. In the back. If you have lost everything, but you have your family, you have not lost anything. Amen. I love you, mom and dad and Griffin and I my dog. I love you too, mom and dad. Um, so yeah, Riley, how did you think your first season went with us? That was I've fun. loved doing this. That I've had fun. so much fun. Um, I like this better when we watch the same show. Yes, I do too. I, feel I like, like it's more conversational, less teaching. Yes. So we've been talking for almost an hour, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. That is Riley's first season of Are You Still Watching? Um, we will see you for the second half of season two. Yes. After Christmas breaks, everyone stay safe, stay healthy, have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you may celebrate. And we will see you in January. Stay tuned. Are You Still Watching releases new episodes every other Monday. Listen to Are You Still Watching at thedaonline.com slash podcast or wherever you stream podcasts.